I'm around the world. Father, we thank you. We're in your house today with your people. Thank you, Father, as we worship to come around your table and remember, Lord, uh, what you've done for each and every one of us in sending your son, Jesus Christ. And because you love us, you wanted to forgive us, and we thank you for that, Father. Father, as we, as we come to your word now, we pray this every Sunday because it's a living word. Would it speak to us, Lord, by power of your spirit? It says something to us that encourages us and teaches us and challenges us just in this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. We come and we're working our way through Matthew very, very slowly now because it always seems to be some other stuff that we're doing, but we eventually are going to get there. And so a few weeks ago, uh, we started on Matthew 13 and we looked at the Jesus begins to speak in parables. And there's a theme for half of his parables, which is talking about the kingdom. Uh, and we said this by way of introduction so people uh, would know what a, what a parable was uh, it says parables were earthly stories with a heavenly meaning stories from everyday life to illustrate spiritual truths and their purpose it was to make spiritual truths clearer to the hearers and that's why Jesus spoke in parables to tell the stories that he had tell Jesus wanted uh, people to to understand the simplest, those who had ears to hear in a sense. He wanted them to understand what he was saying. Uh, and sometimes parables were like puzzles. They were designed to challenge the listeners to work out for themselves, to get to the heart of things. Some people were so closed off to what Jesus was saying, they just simply had no interest at all. They were not receptive uh, to what Jesus had to say. Uh, and then as he speaks about this in the introduction Jesus tells his first parable and it's called the parable of the sower and and it's all about the uh, the seed that's planted because and the reason that Jesus uh, shares his parable to start with is because the, the, the Christianity our faith what we believe what we have is a is a sending faith it, it's a going faith it's something that we have to go and do Simply for the reason that I look at it like this, that Jesus Christ has so changed my life, I want to tell other people about it. And, and actually, it's not a suggestion uh, for us to go and do that, that Jesus commands us to do that. The heart of our, of our vision for the next three years is the invitation, because Jesus invites us to come to him, but also to go for him as well. Uh, and so we have to get that part right that we carry the message of Jesus Christ as believers today we live in a hurting world uh, where hearts are breaking where people are living desperate lives not just just yards from this church some of them uh, and so what we've got to look at is say the responsibility that we have to share what we believe what has changed our life uh, to go and share it with them and this is where this parable comes in so Jesus tells his story in Matthew 13 he says he told them many things in parables saying a farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up the plants were scorched and withered because they had no root other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred sixty or thirty times what was sown listen then to what the parable of the sower means 
When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes along, snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So Jesus tells his story. People would understand this who were listening because they're from a farming community and so they would understand the idea of a farmer going out uh, to plant seeds. But when it comes to gardening, and I'm not an expert gardener, I don't know if there are people in here that like their garden. My mom is an expert gardener. Her back garden looks like the Chelsea Flower Show if you've ever seen uh, that. She loves her gardening and goes, spends a lot of time out there. But I just can't grasp it. That skill has not passed on to me because there's something incomprehensible about gardening you can do all the right things you can plant the seed at the right time in the right soil under the right conditions but you're still totally dependent on things outside of your control the weather can make or break your crop for an entire year and even if it's a total success uh, most of what the process that happens while we are watching I mean, if I had a pot of soil here planted a seed in it, you would not expect it to come to uh, a plant or fruition uh, by the end of the service. There's something that takes a time there. There's a process that goes on. And in the same way, the kingdom of God is incomprehensible uh, to us. We don't always understand what God is doing. Uh, the, we think we have it all worked out. We can, have, we can have our process and our agenda and the things that we think to happen. But actually, it says that no matter how much we plan and no matter how much we do, some of it is just incomprehensible because God is the one that is in control. Uh, we have a responsibility and it gives us a responsibility here. Uh, the sower here is a farmer. Now, I grew up in Birmingham, in inner city Birmingham, and so I didn't live near any farms. But in 1997, when I finished Bible college and I just married Athena, I got a job on a farm. I was a potato grader. I've shared this before. And uh, I was a potato grader. And what you did was you, 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 you were on the back of a tractor and they ploughed up the potatoes and stuff and you, you, you graded them, which means if they had too many knobbly bits, you put them over there. And if they were sort of plain potatoes, then you put them over there. So that's my experience of farming and stuff so that's a thing but I did learn some things that would help us uh, and stuff and will help us today to understand this and how we apply it to our lives when it comes to sharing the seed of the gospel which is the responsibility that we have when we read the gospel of Matthew this is the crunch part of it not just that we come to Christ but that we go for him as well. It finishes the gospel in Matthew 28 when he gives the command, not just to the disciples, but to us as well, to go into all the world. 
Uh, and so that's the responsibility, the commandment, the opportunity that we have. And we see some things in this story that will help us. So we see the sower is a farmer. We don't have four different farmers each sowing four different fields with four different seeds. The first thing I notice is this, is he had to go to where the field was. It says there a farmer went out to his field. And so there's the first thing that he didn't just, in a sense, plant where he was. There would be no point me planting seeds on this platform. Nothing grows out of carpet. You've got to go to somewhere where the seed is going to grow. And so here the farmer had to go to where the field was. The second thing was this, and I could relate to this. He was a lousy sower. Let me explain. He just simply threw the seed everywhere. There was no plan to this. It just says that he threw it everywhere because we could see in all the different soils that it landed. Now, when I was doing the potato grading and stuff, it was very sort of, they had the tracks up the middle of the field and there they would plant the seeds in a, in a line and stuff and they would do that so they would know where to go back to bring the potatoes up. But here, this guy is a lousy sower. He's just very indiscriminately throwing seeds about, just doing what he, he, he you know, he randomly is the word we're probably looking for. No care, no, no precision. But it's almost as though he has an unlimited supply of seed. But the idea is that he just throws it everywhere and wherever this grows up, he thinks this is out of my control, I'm just going to spread this, this seed everywhere. And actually the third thing that we notice that he does by way of introduction here is he does no work to ensure the success of his planting. I know in these days and age when you come to plant things that, the, that there's different chemicals maybe you could use, there's different nutrients for the soil that you can use, there's different things that you can do to help your plants grow, to do whatever it is needs to be done. But here in this story he does not work to ensure the success of his planting. He just scatters the seed, he just throws it out where and wherever it lands, it lands. He isn't preparing the ground, he's not watering watering the seed, he's not pruning, he's not removing weeds, he just leaves the outcome to nature. And the sower accepts this, the reality is that a good quantity of seed will fall on bad soil, but he still does it anyway. And as I read this, I read that this is a responsibility of us as believers, that actually our responsibility is not in a sense to plan and target where we share what we believe, but just to share it everywhere. To make good use of every opportunity Paul tells us in Ephesians and stuff. And that's what we do. We tell people because we don't know, we don't know where one, where our seed will land. We don't know how that seed will grow and what will happen to that as it comes. And preachers, uh, uh, we cast the gospel as broadly as possible. Because you don't know who's in. Don't, you don't know who's listening. Uh, and in this day and age where we have uh, the online, uh, where we have social media, and where we have everything else, we are faced with these tremendous opportunities to share what we believe. And that they can go out all over the world. It says, I want to share with you like, a personal story. I've shared this a few years ago and stuff, and, but I, I thought this really illustrates what I'm trying to say. In 2011, I took the ferry over to Scotland to, to travel down to Birmingham. And stuff. And while I was on the ferry, I said I had my laptop 
And I had one of those memory sticks, and you know, some of the young ones have been like, what's a memory stick? A bit like when you say a CD or things like that. And a memory stick went into the side of the laptop and it stored all your information. And, and mine was a church one uh, that had the information for different things that we did in church. And, and as, you, as most people know me, I lost it. I dropped it under the table on the ferry, got off the ferry, got down to Birmingham, realized I didn't have it. Uh, a couple of days later, I got uh, a message on Facebook from uh, a lady who was getting the ferry back from, she was coming from Scotland to Northern Ireland. And she found my memory stick and she went on to it. And of course it said, or oh, Living Hope Belfast and stuff. So she sort of Googled it, found out where we were and got in touch with me through uh, Facebook and stuff. And so that was the end of it, you know. And, and, and the thing is, you just remain friends. As you know, Facebook, those people who have done social media, just remain friends. I, I never get rid of any friends on Facebook because pastors need as many friends as they can get. So <laughs> I never get rid of them and stuff. So I kept it. Uh, but about six years later, in 2017, I, I got this message from the same lady. And she says, hey there, extremely random message, but you may, may remember me as a person who found your memory stick on a ferry crossing a few years back. I just wanted to say that I think, not by chance, or at least I don't know, that someone I don't know at all ends up on my Facebook friends list and posts about church and Christianity. When I found your memory stick, I wasn't a Christian, but after a bit of a rambling journey, I turned to Jesus a couple of years ago, and I haven't looked back. I got baptized on Easter Sunday just past. I felt prompted to message and tell you, I guess, as an encouragement. There have been many people on my path, but God obviously placed you on it too. Thought you might like to know that the things you share on Facebook are appreciated by and reach people you don't even know. A big part of my learning curve has been blowing a lid off the Christian stereotype and seeing a glimpse of what you get up to, to and you, listen to your dynamic teaching. She wrote it, I didn't. <laughs> and that you hold in your church. So it's really helped that, so thank you. Uh, that's seed planting. You just don't have a clue. Never met the woman. Never just found a memory stick that, that I'd lost and always use the excuse now, that's why I lose things because God can use it for the gospel and stuff. But it's just planting seeds and you don't know. And often we're hesitant at times about doing the things that God has called us to do because, oh, well, it, it won't work. It might, listen, we leave all this up to God and stuff. And so we come back to the story here was because we've said that about just casting the seed. But the, the, the other thing we see is not the focus. The farmer is not the focus of Jesus' parable. He's not, he's not the focus. The sower is not the focus. Uh, we know that a parable about sowing must have a sower because somebody has to plant the seed. But he's not the point of the story. The focus of the story is clearly elsewhere and the farmer's lack of care and skill in, in scattering the seed makes that absolutely clear. Uh, because the second thing we see, the same farmer planted the same seed. It wasn't a different seed. They were a packet of seeds and it says, you know, the, the, whatever seed it is on it, that's a seed that's planted. The seed for each condition is the same. Every kernel of seed has equal potential to grow the equal ability uh, to produce fruit. 
Uh, and, and so we look at this and we see to ourselves there is the opportunity to present the seed. The sower presents the seed. He scatters the seed so people uh, can, that, so God could use that. And so we see that the difference as we come to this is the different soil. And we see in the different soil, the different results have nothing to do with different seed or a different sower, but what was planted. And this is the power of the word of God. The power of the gospel message. Because here in scripture, the seed is always referred to. I mean, 1 Peter 1 verse 23 says, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. The power is in the seed of the word of God. Not even necessarily in our delivery of it as preachers or those who would share their faith or whatever you want to call it. The power is in the seed of the word of God. That's what makes it effective. I mean, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 to back that up says, We also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believes. There is the power of the word of God. That's the seed that's been talked about. But now the different kinds of soil that comes, because the seed is planted in different kinds of soil. But these different kinds of soil represent different kinds of heart. Uh, they represent the, a different result in a sense because the outcome that drives the story because we see four things, we see four conditions here. It says the first one is some of the seed lands on the path and the birds came and ate it up uh, and it says that the evil one snatches away what was sown in the heart. A seed falling on that kind of ground has no chance to embed itself in the soil. It then comes to the second one. It says the rocky places, uh, we see the rocky places, uh, it, it sprang up, but it died because of no roots. There was no foundation there. It hears the word, it receives it with joy, but then trouble comes and they fall away. Uh, the, this stony shore definitely proves that people can accept the truth and then fall away. It says, you know, often I say this to people and it's so true. It says the Christian life is about starting well, running well and finishing well. That, that's, that's the Christian life. We can never use this as if we start well and, and then we fall by the way. So many people start well. The enthusiasm is there and stuff. I remember sitting many years ago, just after I got saved, became a Christian nearly 30 years ago, and the advice given to me by a more mature Christian and an older Christian as I sat there with them uh, and thought to myself, how am I ever going to live this life, do this life? And I remember him saying to me three things, and it's the three things we still share with everybody now, whether it's the young people, whether it's the next steps group, whatever we do, when we say to people, listen, there are three things you can do. You read the word. You've got to read the word. It's that that changes. We see that in, uh, in, in Thessalonians there, when it said that is indeed that work in you who believe so it's the first thing and then we've got to come and pray and we keep that praying as a relationship that we have with God but then the third thing and this is the thing that always gets me with people get yourself to church because often people will tell me, oh, you don't need the church. And you can do most people, if not all people who tell me you don't need the church to be a Christian, never survive long as a Christian. 
because you've got to have those three things together and they work in our lives and they help us and they change us and it's what God uses and, and we see that here that even though the seed would fall on the rocky place it sprang up and it died because there was no foundation where does the foundation come from? The establishment of being in a church, a fellowship, you know, the, the, the encouragement and support and love and teaching and praying and, and a church where people notice when you're not here so they can get in touch and say, is everything okay? How are you getting on in your Christian walk? And if you do that, and then that helps us. And then the stony soul definitely proves as I say, the people can accept that truth and then fall away, that the spring, the seed sprang up. They received the word with joy, they were enthusiastic at the beginning, but then they fall away because they don't do the things they're supposed to do. You see, the problem was not their sudden growth, the problem was their lack of depth. And that was their problem. It wasn't that they grew quickly. It wasn't, that wasn't the issue. It was the lack of depth that they had in their lives. And in the second condition, that seed falls on rocky places because it grows and then it withers and then it dies. And then we see that the third thing that we see here is the thorns. It says it choked the plants. The worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth, it says. They choke the word, making it unfruitful in this third condition that the seed falls on soil they're simply incapable of sustaining life. Uh, and almost this said that it's, it's surrounded by weeds and surrounded by thorns. And Jesus says in verse 7, he said, this one, the habit, it grows up with the seeds. But then it gets choked off. It allows all the stuff around it to influence and not allow it to grow. And we see that happening here, but it leaves them with no energy, in a sense, to reproduce itself, because that's what a seed does, so it can cause to grow. So we look at this and think to ourselves, there's not a lot of good news here, because it plants, in a sense, in four different soils, and three of them aren't working. But then it comes to the fourth one, and it says that he plants it in good soil, and it produces a crop. He hears the word, he understands it, and Jesus calls a fourth soil good, meaning it's loose and deep and free of those contaminants. What happens? The seed takes root, it grows, and produces a great crop. You see, we benefit, in a sense, from seeing ourselves in these four soils. There will be experiences in our Christian life of all four of these uh, four soils. We may like the path. Sometimes we allow the word no room to grow in our lives that we hear the word and we're distracted we're distracted at times by different things that are going on we could be distracted in church because people have these sitting next to them and they're on them typing away it's a distraction and we've got to be careful we don't get distracted uh, from what the word wants to do in our lives it's like the path sometimes we, we like the rocky places sorry we sometimes have flashes of enthusiasm in receiving the word of God then we quickly burn out don't we the people are on fire to start with and then suddenly the enthusiasm goes because the trouble and the trials come along and we can relate to that in our lives, can't we? Whether we come and there is that trouble that comes along and it suddenly wears us out or burns us out. But then we come maybe like the thorns, the cares of this world, 
the deceitfulness of riches, things happening around us constantly threaten to choke the life out of the seed of the word of God that's been planted within us. We can relate to that as well. For us to grow and stuff, sometimes it means getting rid of those things there that, that, that choke the life out of us, the spiritual life out of us. But then we see like the good ground, that the word bears fruit in our lives. And Jesus tells his story, this parable, so that people would understand that firstly, this kingdom that he speaks about is an invitation to all as they're sitting and they're listening. But he's telling them the challenges of it as well. Listen, when the seed of the word of God or the seed of the gospel is planted, has to be planted in the right soil and in the right condition and in the right heart for us, uh, for it to grow. And that there then comes down to our responsibility. And, you know, there was an extra thought I had with this story as I was thinking and finishing preparing it on Thursday. And, and I thought about all the times that, 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 that this, and, and this really has nothing to do with this, but just something I wanted to finish with because I felt that, that God had given it to me for this morning. And it's this, it, it's uh, God deals in dirt. In Psalm 40, he lifts us out of the miry clay. He sets our feet upon a rock. In John 8, he writes in the sand as they get ready to stone the woman caught in adultery and she is forgiven. In John 9, he mixes his spit with the mud and heals the man who was blind. God can handle our dirt. And when he writes this story and speaks about the seed of the gospel message, he's talking about it's actually planted in the dirt, on the soil, for it to grow. That's what helps it to grow. That's what causes it to grow. Because all the way through scripture, there is these illustration that Jesus, that, 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 sorry, the Bible uses as an illustration. And those three there, he lifts us out of the miry clay, sets our feet upon the rock. He says, the woman caught in adultery. He says, he bends down on the ground and he writes, whether it be the sand or the mud, and they write something in there and everybody drops the stones that were ready to stone her to death for adultery. They drop them and she walks and she is forgiven. He says, and the, the final story there, he says, he, he bends down. He mixes his spit with the dirt and then puts it on the man's eyes and that's not the, 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 what he does there is, is overshadowed by the truth that he heals this man and he can see again. And often we have to understand at times that God can handle our dirt. Those things that we have that maybe we're ashamed of, we're embarrassed about this and he can handle that. He can handle our dirt. Those things we don't want anybody to know about. Those things that we hold on to sometimes that we think, oh, there's not bad. Listen, he can handle our dirt. Come and take a seat with the rest of us. Everybody is dealing with something. Church is the perfect place for God to do a work in somebody's life and help them and change them. And so that's why, just as an extra encouragement this morning, as you are here, you're struggling with stuff and embarrassed, ashamed, dealing with stuff. Listen, he can handle it. He can handle all the stuff that is going on in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord. So read your word. Father, what a challenge to go into all the world to preach your gospel, to see people saved by your power. 
Father, we don't need a pulpit to do it, Father God. We don't need, Father God, even just that. that we, just, we just need, Father God, to understand the responsibility and the opportunity that is presented to us in our workplaces, our universities, our schools, our, our, our jobs, our families, our factories, wherever we are, Father, you have placed us there. Father, as we scatter seed unknowingly sometimes, as we scatter seed and just share the seed of the gospel, Father, we leave it up to you, Father, for you're the one who causes it to come to life, to grow, to change somebody's life. Father God, we can plan, we can prepare, we can do our thing, Lord, but ultimately, Lord, it's all down to you. Help us so today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.